glad and grateful to be with you. If you would like to support apologetics.com, you can go to our website. Just think of our name, apologetics.com, where you can go and you can click on give and you could donate to this ministry. We are on the air here week weekly, Friday nights at midnight. And the hosts are all volunteers. We have one member on staff, and he is the founder of Apologetics.com. His name is Harry Edwards, if you haven't met him. He's an awesome guy, and he's a humble guy, and he is looking to kind of take Apologetics.com to kind of the next level, and he wants to kind of pursue it more as a full-time ministry. And so if you'd like to give, all of the proceeds will go to supporting him and also supporting this radio time, supporting various conferences and talks that we give kind of around um, around the country at apologetics conferences and whatnot. I recently had the honor and privilege to speak at the Bonson Conference at Branch of Hope Church in Torrance, California. And Branch of, Branch of Hope is actually a sponsor of tonight's show. So if you would go to their website, branchofhope.org, and check them out, learn learn more about them. They meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. in Torrance, California. They are a Reformed uh, Presbyterian church with Pastor Paul Vigiano, who is also on here, KKLA, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. So I do have a special guest in studio with me tonight, my good friend, Mr. Tony Yu. Tony, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's been a few months since I had you on. The last couple shows I did... I was rolling solo, um, which was fun. Don't do that too often. And so what you been up to? How how's everything been going in your world? As usual, I've been doing a lot of street evangelism, but uh, last Sunday I was helping ministry to Muslims. Um, we were live on YouTube with Matt Slick of Karm.org. Mm. The topic that night was, is Jesus the God-man? And this coming Sunday, this Sunday night, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, I'm going to be teaching on the Muslim holiday of Eid al-Adha and how that actually is a picture of the gospel, a great way to share mm. Jesus with Muslims by showing how their second most holy holiday is actually about Jesus. Wow. Amen. So go to ministrytomuslims.com to catch Tony Sunday at 4. It'll be on their YouTube. The YouTube channel's name is the letter M, the number 2, and the letter M Network, M2M Network. M2M Network on YouTube. All right, yeah, and check that out if you're, if you're interested or you want to learn more about how to minister to people from the Muslim faith. I encourage you to check out Ministry to Muslims. And so... This is a call-in show. If you're listening to us right now, it's Saturday, it's 12.05 a.m., you, you're listening to us live, and so you can call us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to answer any question you have about Christianity, uh, the Bible, the faith, the culture around us. Um, we'd be happy to chat with you. So you can call us at 888-995-KKLA, 888 Five 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 two. We do have lines open. We'll be here uh, for the next hour. So tonight's show is titled "Thinking Christianly in a Post-Christian Culture." Okay, thinking Christianly in a post-Christian culture. And on Apologetics.com, we talk a lot about Christ and culture. 
from a Christian apologetic perspective. And if you're not familiar with apologetics, apologetic doesn't mean that we are apologizing for something. Uh, what it does mean is that we are giving Christian answers and Christian responses to what we see going on in the world around us. Uh, the word apologetic comes from the Greek word apologia, which is in 1 Peter three fifteen and 16, which says to always be ready to give a defense for the reason for the hope that is within you. And so lawyers engage in this a lot when they are giving a reasoned defense for their client. It's an apologetic. It's an apologia. And so that's what apologetics is. It's giving reasoned defenses of the Christian faith. And so Tony's been doing that for years. I've been doing that for years. Um, we both enjoy going out on the streets and engaging with people. And one of the most important things that we need to communicate in this life is that every area of life belongs to Christ. And we need to approach everything by thinking Christianly about it. So there's no area that's outside of Christ's jurisdiction, so to speak. Okay? Everything that we do, from the moment we wake up to the moment we lie down, is under his authority, right? It is part of his kingdom, so to speak, and we are here to advance his kingdom. So how big is Christ's kingdom, right? So if you think about it in light of the Great Commission, the Great Commission tells us in Matthew 28 that all authority, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you until the end of the age. And so when you think about a kingdom, right, you know, think about the Roman kingdom back at the time of Christ. It had a cert. if you had a map, that Roman kingdom would have a, a border to it, right? And where did the emperor of Rome, the leader of Rome, where did his authority extend to, right? It extended to every place within those borders, right? If you're, if you're within those lines, the authority of the emperor is over you, right? And so... When Christ says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, well, when you draw the line around Christ's kingdom then, where is that line? Well, it would cover the entire earth, right? That, that's where his authority is. That's where his kingdom is. And so we are simply called as his ambassadors, right, to go call people to turn back to the king, Right? There are people inside of that, that, that border, so to speak, that are living in rebellion. And we are, on behalf of the king, going and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? That's one of the first things Jesus preached you know, in the gospel of Mark. The time was fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so we see a direct connection between the kingdom of God and what people need to do in response to his kingdom, and that is simply to repent and believe. And so if we're going to be about the kingdom of God, then calling people to repent and believe the gospel is going to be of primary importance. That must be a part of the way in which we live. 
And I know Tony has a lot to say about that. Tony, what do you think about uh, this task of calling people to repent and believe the gospel in terms of its importance as uh, being part of the life of a Christian? Oh my goodness, it's, it's one of the most important things we need to be doing as Christians. We were commanded specifically to do so by Jesus. And sadly, I see a huge lack of doing this in the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, every single Christian is commanded to share the gospel in one form or another. And I want to call out pastors. I beg you, pastors, you are the, the pastor that leads the flock. Wherever the pastor goes, the flock follows. Mm-hmm. Jesus talked about how if a man has a hundred sheep and one goes astray, that man will go after that sheep, that lost sheep. Mm-hmm. And that's talking about God going after lost people. But while Jesus right. is in heaven at, the, at this point, we are his workers. We are to do the thing that he wants us to do. We are to seek after the people who are lost and headed for eternal damnation. Mm-hmm. And the pastor is the leader of the church. If he's not doing it, the rest of the church is not doing it. The church is not evangelizing because the pastor is not evangelizing. Mm-hmm. What I would love to see is every single pastor, every Sunday, be able to give a testimony about how he shared the gospel with somebody and how this person responded. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't respond, give a testimony. Sure. Encourage the body to go out and share. Equip mm-hmm. the body to go out and share. If you don't know how, find out how. Reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me or Jason. We would love to, to come to you and teach you. I will fly to where you are at my expense to teach you. He's done that before. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we appreciate that. Thanks, Tony. Yeah, definitely. You could email me, jason at apologetics.com if you have any questions or comments. But yeah, if you'd like to get trained up in evangelism and how to go out, go about doing that in a way that's winsome, that's easy, that's effective, please reach out to us. That is something the whole church needs to be doing. And really, you know, the one thing we want to talk about tonight, thinking Christianly, right, in a post-Christian culture, you know, it all starts with evangelism really and that's our whole heart is we want to we want to reach people with the gospel we want to see the world around us transformed for the glory of god right and for the sake of christ right as we mentioned every area of life belongs to christ and we need to approach everything by thinking christianly about it and so how do we engage the world around us right so so one way is absolutely go out and start talking to people share the gospel with them um ask them about their lives, ask them if they, if they go to church, get into spiritual conversations. Um, because the only way the world is going to change is if people's hearts change. Right. And, you know, speaking of this, the world around us, you know, and culture in Christ, and we want to talk about how do we engage with that world? And for me personally, you know, there's a, there's a spectrum, Right there's a world around us that is um, in our face, and it's hard to ignore sometimes. And you know, one of the biggest stories that is going on right now in the past month or so is uh, this whole th- everything that's happening right now on Twitter, right? And Elon Musk 
bought Twitter and he has just been in the process of exposing corruption that existed inside Twitter on many, many, many different levels, right? And so when you look at that, this conversation that's going around on around us all the time, whether it's the mainstream media or YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is, you know, I'm not even on Instagram or TikTok or any of that stuff. That's probably a whole nother thing. But you could just sit there and get caught up in all of it, right? And, or there's people who don't care at all about it. This, you know, some people aren't even on Twitter. They can care less about it as well. I, I think there's a lot of liberty here, right? I don't think Christians are mandated to, you know, be on Twitter and get, you know, into that, you know, shouting match, you know, between, you know, left and right and whatever. Um, but I don't think we're to be completely isolated and cut off from everything that's happening in the culture around us either. And I think a good example of this is Paul, the apostle in Acts 17 at the Areopagus or throughout the book of Acts, really. But when he's standing before the philosophers and the Epicureans, he knew his culture and he knew his audience, right? He appealed to their poets. You know, he appealed to the statue built to the unknown God, right? And he used that to, to communicate with them, to have a conversation. So I do think we need to be aware of the conversation that's happening around us, okay? Tony, what are your, you know, when you have social media, you engage with social media, what are some advice or what are some ways that you go about using social media uh, in your life? And what, what, how might you encourage people or even what sort of dangers do you see for people maybe getting too caught up in it or something like that? Maybe it becomes more of a distraction than like a, um, a tool for, you know, advancing God's kingdom. It's more of just a distraction for fleshly, um, you know, interactions or sin, you know? Right. There clearly are dangers on social media. Uh, the obvious ones, we don't even need to go, go there tonight, but as far as using it correctly, with air quotes, I would use mm -hmm. it to share scripture, right? Use it to share some politics, mm -hmm. to, to catch up on what's going on. But politics isn't really the main thing. We should know what's going on, but we, we need to advance the kingdom of God. We need to uh, post apologetic arguments. We need to share the gospel. Um, so you had talked about how Elon Musk is exposing corruption. Mm -hmm. You and I see that the world is falling apart and people are behaving extremely badly. Why do you think that is? It's because they're not born again, right? You know, sure. there's a lot of talk in the Christian church about discipleship and we should disciple each other. But you know what? You have to catch the fish before you can clean it. You can't go around telling people, hey, you can't sleep with your girlfriend, you shouldn't smoke pot, you shouldn't get drunk. Yeah, you got to get them saved first. Otherwise, you're just sounding like a Pharisee. Mm -hmm. So we need to share the gospel. When someone is transformed with a new nature and a new heart and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in them, then when you teach them the Bible, you teach them God's standards, then it makes sense to them. 
Mm -hmm. So we need to start with evangelism. And you can even evangelize online. But I would say don't restrict sure. your evangelism just online. Do it in the real world. Learn how to interact with people. But if you're restricted to, let's say you're stuck at home mm -hmm. for whatever reason, maybe temporarily, go ahead, share the gospel online. Facebook has all kinds of groups. You can find a group, share there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of want to say, if they don't kick you off of Facebook, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we've seen, you know, speaking of getting kicked off, you know, we've seen one of the things, um, you know, that maybe it's, it's worth uh, discussing from a Christian perspective, how we might want to think, think through this as Christians is, you know, perhaps the biggest story that you, that you probably haven't heard of, because <laughs> the mainstream media is not saying anything about it, is these Twitter files right that recently that recently came out and what it was basically is they've been releasing you know these interactions these conversations um from people inside twitter that are getting emails from people in you know democrat um you know political campaigns asking twitter to silence certain um voices you know, they've discovered FBI plants inside of Twitter who were screening things or saying, you know, what the biggest thing, one of the biggest ones is the Hunter Biden laptop, which I don't know a ton about. So I've, I've just been seeing some of this being exposed recently. Um, but the Hunter Biden laptop story, there was a FBI plant inside of Twitter, James Baker, I think his name is, who was basically saying well this is all russian disinformation so don't let any of this on to go on to twitter um if someone talks about it make sure it's you know put out really quickly well it turns out it wasn't russian disinformation um the democratic national campaign sent communications directly to twitter censoring these things saying don't publish any of this um there was stuff from the DNC saying, you know, don't publish this tweet by uh, the sitting president, President Trump. Um, so they silenced him, they censored him. And it's all basically suppressing free speech. It's all, it's suppressing the freedom of the press, really, because news articles were being suppressed. And, you know, what what's basically coming out of this is direct evidence of election interference. Um, and people don't even think we're seeing all of it yet. So it's really this Alice in Wonderland black hole that you could jump into and you could probably learn all sorts of things about it. Um, like I said, it's easy to get caught up in it. But how, how might we think through this as Christians, right? Do we just want to ignore it? Is that, is that okay just to ignore it all and just say, oh, it'll, it'll get sorted out? Um, or do we, should there be some Christian response, some Christian call to action? Um, I think of Micah 6, 8, which was a very popular verse in the Christian community 10 years ago, for sure. There was a lot of this, there was a lot of this desire to start doing more things in society, right? Like this whole social justice movement. And it comes from Micah 6, 8, which says, you know, he has told you what is good and what is it the Lord requires of you. He says to act justly, to love faithfulness, 
and to walk humbly with your God, okay? And so if we're supposed to, if we're if we're to act justly and love faithfulness and we see these things that are totally unjust um completely unfaithful to what is true you know do we have some sort of responsibility there and it's not just with this election related stuff but this is one of the most the biggest things going on in our culture right now is that there's no trust in our elections no integrity um which is the foundation of you know american society our government and everything you know freedom really um what are your thoughts tony how do we think christianly about these sort of things ephesians five eleven says and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather expose them so part of our responsibility is to expose the evil that we find mm-hmm. um but the, the world is falling apart because Christians aren't in positions of leadership. We're not in charge of universities, public education, mm-hmm. uh, advertising, Hollywood, on and on. Okay? So I want to urge you Christians out there, take over those institutions. Take over the PTA. Take over the school board. Take over Hollywood if you can. I want you to create little groups of Christians and strategize how to take over all of these organizations for Christ, okay? Because they are destroying the world by taking over the institutions that train up our children, that, that entertain us and, and fill our minds with all kinds of ungodly ideas. We need to take over. Okay. Yeah, so that's a great point. Expose evil and take over institutions what do you what would you say so i want to talk about that maybe we'll we'll leave some of that for the second half of the show why why or how we could you know start building some of these things um someone you know a mom a dad a concerned citizen who's you know maybe just raising kids or something how might they respond to some of this stuff and what 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 would you say maybe on a smaller level right um you know work towards building those things and taking over those institutions but what are some things on the day-to-day just starting like what can i do right now to make a difference you know what i mean absolutely um what would you say to them start with your own child make sure your child is not being taught things that are entirely ungodly they're teaching young children especially girls to have sex change procedures uh, uh, behind the parents' back, okay? So protect your kids. Have proactive conversations with your kids. Make sure they're not being um, misled in some very serious, important ways. And then get together with other parents. Make sure you vote for the school board. Run for the school board if you have time to to do that. We need to take over all of these positions. But Mm -hmm. remember, politics is not the end game. The gospel is. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, the gospel is... The politics and the culture is really a reflection of the heart of the people that live in that culture, right? The way, the reason our culture looks the way it does today is because the heart of the majority of the people that are in that culture are chasing after those sort of things, right? If everybody in the culture loved God, loved their neighbor, loved God's word, 
you know, loved, you know, church and the scriptures, that would all be reflected in our education, that would be reflected in the movies that were being made, that would be reflected in the stories that were being written, that would be reflected in every area of life. Kind of like what we, what we started off talking about was the kingdom of God, right? Uh, that, that border, that kingdom within, within which the kingdom of God exists would start to look like the things that matter to God, right? Loving God, loving our neighbor, acting justly, loving faithfulness, you know, walking humbly with God, and so on. Don't forget the parable of the unjust steward. We are to be shrewd. We are to be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves. We need to get shrewd and wise. Amen. And and we're living right now in the most wonderful time of year, Christmas, which is a huge evangelistic and cultural uh, point and springboard from which we can also begin to talk about these things um, which we're thinking through tonight. So we hear the music, which means we're up on a break here. So stay tuned for a couple minutes and we'll be back after these short messages. Apologetics.com is to challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe on the radio, on the internet, and now in the Life of the Mind conferences. If you believe in the work that Apologetics.com is doing, we encourage you to support us with your prayers and also with your tax-deductible gift so that this ministry will continue on the air, on the web, and in events near you. Gifts of any amount are appreciated, and it's very simple to participate. Just go to apologetics.com and click donate. It's safe and secure. Or you can send your check or money order to apologetics.com, 1900 Southwestern Avenue, San Pedro, California, 90732. Thank you for supporting apologetics.com. You know Focus on the Family. How has it helped you and your family? My son is now grown, and I can honestly say we have the freedom to be great friends. Thanks to God's help and Focus on the Family. This Christmas, you can give back to Focus with a donation to provide resources that help even more families know God's design for marriage, parenting, and more. Resources that bring couples closer to each other, children closer to parents, and families closer to God's design. This Christmas, your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. It's a great way to say thank you to Focus for all they've done for you and your family. Just log on to our station website and use the keyword family. Christmas brings families together. We help keep them together. So please give today. Log on to kkla.com, keyword family. That's kkla.com, keyword family. Remember, your tax-deductible gift will be matched by a grant to double your impact. Log on to kkla.com, keyword family, and thank you. The King James Bible mentions gold 417 times and silver 320 times as real wealth. I'm Mike Cordova, founder of the Gold Financial Group right here in Los Angeles. 
Back in 2008, when the stock market crashed, I personally witnessed family members and close friends lose a lot of the retirement funds. So I made it my mission to help others and provide options at the Gold Financial Group by sharing many different ways you can protect yourself, your family, and your retirement. That's why we offer a free Gold Investor's Guide. If you have money in the bank, CDs, bonds, IRAs, 401ks, we can show you ways to make that money work harder and safer. Be good stewards of your investments. Please call us at the Gold Financial Group, 800-214-9023. Okay, Kelly family, join me and my bride, Claire, in protecting yourself and your family from inflation. The Gold Financial Group, call Mike and get the free Gold Investor's Guide at 800-214-9023. All right, let's get back to the Apologetics.com radio show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Apologetics.com radio show. We are in the second half hour of our show. If you are listening to us live, it is 1230 on Saturday morning or late Friday night, depending on your perspective. And my name is Jason Gallagher. I'm in studio with my good friend, Tony Yu. And tonight we're talking about thinking Christianly in a post-Christian culture. And kind of what we covered in the first half was kind of this idea of the kingdom of God that, you know, God's authority extends to the ends of the earth, right? He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, we are supposed to go and we are supposed to take everything and bring it under the obedience of Christ. And so that means, you know, every aspect of life, every aspect of, you know, external life and our culture. And we were talking about how The culture, what you see in the culture is really, you know, the word cult comes from like, you know, Christian cults. You hear that word at the root of it. It means worship like the cultic. Right. Um, And so what a culture worships is what it will live out. Right. And so when you see a culture like ours that is celebrating, you know, all sorts of depravity and immorality and it's actually putting these things into law into legislation saying that these are the way things must be it's a reflection of their heart and those things which they worship and speaking of worship we we're we're in the month of december which is to me you know like the song says it is the most wonderful time of the year you know without a doubt there is literally songs in the stores speaking of the earth receiving her king right singing oh come let us adore him and i want to just go to isaiah 9 6 for a second here and and really just wish everyone a merry christmas you know um we're we're glad you're tuning in and we would we want to throw out our number if you'd like to call us and chat with us talk to us about culture how is this culture affecting you how is all of these things maybe you're a person maybe you're kind of like me you you like watching kind of the conversation of culture right now you know twitter has been very interesting maybe you kind of look in you you keep up on that sort of stuff i know charlie kirk's kind of a a guy big kkla I know they advertise Charlie Kirk stuff. He's a big conservative. Um, 
you know, he recently said uh, he has some interesting tweets. He recently said it wasn't the Russians. It wasn't the Chinese. It wasn't malicious foreign actors. It was our own U.S. government meddling in our own U.S. elections to help Joe Biden win. Let that sink in. And so those are the sort of things that are being exposed right now, this corruption that our own U.S. government interfered with an election to help, um, you know, Joe Biden win. And if that's if that's true and that's the, the reality we're, we're living in, um, you know, we have a lot to think through and we have a lot – we really have a lot of work to do. Um, and, and the work starts right here, you know. There's a great book called Mary, uh, Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, um, and it's about Christmas is the foundation of everything, right? And so I wanted to read Isaiah 9, 6. Um, it says this. It says, For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so you see here that this child that is born to us, this Christmas child, is wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the eternal father. He's the prince of peace. And it says his kingdom shall have no end, right? It'll go on forever and ever, and it'll just continue to increase. And so that's the hope. That's the hope of the world. That's, that's our hope, you know, um, in the midst of this culture. It's that, guess what? Jesus is king. Christ is Lord. Um, he established his kingdom. He's defeated the enemy, and we are to proclaim his kingdom and his truth and he will establish it and he will sustain it and the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So the good news is we don't have to worry about doing it all in our own strength at all. It's, it's Christ who is with us and it's the strength of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, and so that's how Christmas changes everything, right? If Christmas never happened, right, the cross would never have happened. Right, if Christmas, um, you know, if Jesus never came, we'd still be dead in our sins, right? And uh, the way the world is around us, you know, would be just there'd be no hope. And so that's something we need to be bringing this time of year into the conversations we're having with people. Um, so it's a it's a great evangelistic opportunity. You know, Christmas is something that. Almost every every American will have celebrated on some level, but a lot of people don't know what it really means. And so, you know, it's really easy to say, "Hey, do you do you celebrate Christmas?" And you know, "Hey, do you know what that means?" Most people will say, "Say no, not really." And it's it's a great time, great opportunity for you to um, explain a little bit more. Um, I did want to throw out our number. I don't think I've done that the second half of the show yet. If you want to call us and talk to us about anything. Um, related to culture or the Bible or the scriptures, uh, pick up the phone. It's 888-995-5552. That's 888-995-KKLA. Super easy to uh, remember. 
And so one thing we were talking about is thinking Christianly, you know, approaching things from a Christian perspective. Tony was alluding to some of these things at the end of the first half, but there's this idea that the enemy has been very effective in taking over and building institutions or really taking over institutions maybe is is a better word where at but they have the wherever you turn they their worldview and their um ideologies are being spoken and so as we look at the culture around us you know there's a story that we came across just this past week about american girl this doll and if you have young kids young young girls really american girl is like this huge doll store with you could bring your doll and you could have lunch with your doll and you could go to the salon with your doll and get your nails done with your doll they turned it into this really fun activity for young girls and they just they just buy it all up you know they just love it and so american girl tony i think you might have some info on this they came out with a a book it's an American Girl book, and Tony's going to tell you some of what this book is about. So ChristianPost.com had this article three days ago that talks about a book called A Smart Girl's Guide, Body Image, by Mel Hammond. And let me read you a small excerpt. This book holds nothing back in teaching girls how to change their sex by seeking puberty blockers making permanent changes to their bodies and going behind their parents' back to organizations that can help them. The book is available on the shelves, in their stores, and online. This is how wicked the world has become. Mm -hmm. Our children are literally in physical, spiritual, and mental danger when they go to school. Mm -hmm. That's why I urge parents to talk to their kids proactively. Um, this transgender thing is a social contagion. They've studied this out when there are groups of friends um, and one of those girls within that group goes transgender, identifies as transgender. Sometimes the entire group of friends turns transgender. Hmm. It's a social contagion. Hmm, so make sure you talk to your kids ahead of time tell them that there are only two genders and you can't change them and that gender is based on biology mm -hmm. on genetics that you can't change by changing the external appearance of your body or putting on clothing or makeup or injecting hormones that's all nonsense god is the one who made us male or female mm -hmm. a surgeon cannot a doctor cannot you can pretend all you want you're still a male or a female based on what god made you at the moment of inception. Right. And if you listen, the way they kind of appeal to the girls is through this book. And the title was about body image, mm -hmm. right? Which is a, not a bad thing. You know, you're gonna pick up this book that, that's gonna give, hopefully, you know, you, you, you think the best of it, that it's gonna give girls, you know, a good perspective to think about their body, you know? God made us all different shapes, different sizes. We should, we should have a good image. You know, we should, we should be thankful for the body that God has given us. 
you know, um, too many girls today obviously are trying to make their body, um, you know, consistent with a, a given standard that the, the culture has set, you know, whatever that is, you know, certain height or certain size, um, certain color, you know, certain anything. And so, yeah, a book that would, you know, help, help girls have a good sense of their own body image. But then it starts talking about taking puberty blockers behind your parents' backs. And it's just the level of um, evil and depravity um, to be appealing to these young girls. Like you have little girls, like five years old, eight years old, 10 years old, who are going to see these books and they're just going to like them just because they're American girl. And by the way, puberty blockers are permanent. You can't undo the effects yeah. of puberty blockers. Yeah. They damage you profoundly. Right. If you go on puberty blockers for long enough, you're signing up for being on some sort of a drug for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very serious, uh, very dangerous. We're going to be probably devoting a, an entire show to just this whole kind of transgender you know, craze that's going on in our culture, um, probably in the next couple months or so, because it is, it is something so important that, uh, Christians need to understand how to, how to engage with, how to respond to, because it is really being, being thrown at people, our kids and all society everywhere. You know, it's, it's, it's all over the place. To give you a sense of how widespread it is. Um, I went to a friend's baby shower and, a young lady was there who is a teacher at a middle school, mm -hmm. middle school. She's aware of eight children identifying as transgender and going through the process. Eight. And not at, very big school. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. And it goes back to this idea that American girl has built an entire institution, right? They've, they've built this great company very lucrative, very uh, appealing. Lots of lots of people love it and enjoy it, and it's it's fun. You know, I've been to an American Girl store before, and it was fun just walking through it because I have two young girls, and you know, they thought it was they thought it was great. You know, they could take their little dolls and you know do makeup with them and all sorts of things that young little girls love to do. Um, and so they build this. And then once they have this thing built and they have all these people who love it, then they start bringing in these destructive teachings through these books. And, you know, they've, they've, they're able to influence so many people because they've built this thing. And it goes back to the fact that we as Christians need to be thinking bigger. We need to be thinking longer term. And I think part of the problem you know, theologically is that we have bought into this idea that we're going to get zapped out of here, you know, tomorrow or five years from now or 20 years from now. And so if we think we're going to get zapped out of here tomorrow, well, there's no sense trying to begin building something that you know is going to take 50 years, right? If you don't think you're going to be here 50 years from now, or your grandchildren are going to be here 50 years from now, why would you bother spending the time to, to really build something foundationally 
that can last for 50 for 100 or more years but the 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 mindset of the enemy they're not thinking this is going to be gone tomorrow they're thinking man we're going to have children and grandchildren and generations for who knows how long you know the earth's going to be here for thousands and thousands of more years so we need to start building stuff and so they started taking over education they started taking over universities you know universities that were founded as christian universities they're no longer christian universities harvard yale princeton these were all seminaries these were all very solid theological seminaries founded by christians and now they are just institutions of you know materialistic naturalism and contrary to you know anything anything really really christian anymore and so you look at disney you know they they made cartoons for kids and now they've got millions and millions of people they built this great empire and now they're able to pipe their ideology into living rooms across the country and people will sit down as families and watch hours and hours and hours of these shows and these videos um, you have the mainstream media. They built these mainstream media empires that basically tell the, tell the people everything they want them to hear. Um, the radios, you know, the, the music industry, the entertainment industry, um, hospitals. Hospitals used to be Christian. You know, they started these Presbyterian, these little companies of Mary, you know, these Methodist hospitals. They were all Christian because you're living out um, God's mandates to love him and love our neighbor. And so caring for people has been something that Christians have done since the beginning of Christianity, you know. And then they slowly get taken over. These institutions don't are no longer Christian, you know. They might still be called, you know, Presbyterian Hospital or something like that, but they... They're not Christian in any sense of the word. They took over the education systems. They've taken over our court systems, right? This is part of the difficulty why judges won't even hear cases when people bring them that have to do with fraudulent elections. You know, they've, they've gotten their people there that just dismiss these cases outright without even hearing the evidence and seeing what what might have taken place and allow it to be um you know discussed in a court of law and so hopefully you guys are starting to see a couple things one we need to be thinking long term this whole short-term mentality that we're going to be out of here next week leads to christians not investing and not building anything significant and we get to where we are today where we don't have we don't own anything really it's all owned by um you know a, a non-christian worldview the other thing is really that we need to that we need to get to work you know we need to really begin building starting from the ground up, you know, institutions, we need to start, you know, because the public school system's a mess, we need to start thinking of how we can build our own education systems. 
and we could start training up um, young people. And, you know, we need to create our own, you know, storytelling. You know, so much of this world is, um, you know, story. You know, so much of the scriptures even that God gave us, God gave us a story, right, that he wrote. You know, his history of the world, he, he put down on paper for us. You know, Joseph and Noah and Jonah and on and on and on. These, these beautiful stories um, that God weaved into history. And so we need to, be, we need to become good at all those things. And, um, you know, if we don't, we're going to continue to lose the culture. Um, and we need to be doing something, right? It, we all don't have to be building the next Disney or we don't all have to be building the next, you know, you know, hospital systems or w- whatever, but we all need to be doing something, right? I think regardless of our eschatology, we all agree we should live like Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but plan like he's coming back in a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Right. If he's coming back tomorrow, we better be, get busy telling people about Jesus. Be, yeah. But we plan like he's not right coming back God. for a thousand Absolutely. years. So build, have long plans because Absolutely. we don't know exactly when Jesus is coming back. No man knows the day or the hour. Right. Yeah. It reminds me of the parable of, you know, the ladies who, whose lamps were out of oil. Right. And you want your lamp to be full with oil. And why would your lamp be full with oil, right? If if you if you, if you didn't think, because you thought you might need to be there for a little while, right? So you'd want it to be full with oil. It's like, it's exactly what you said. They were all looking. They were all anxiously awaiting the return of their master or whoever. But some of them went out there with lamps that had no oil in them, meaning. They couldn't sustain any length of time out there while they're waiting, right? And so we need to have that mindset. Yes, we're looking for his return. Come, Lord, come quickly. But we don't know how long it's going to be, so let's, let's plan that it's, that it's going to be a long time, and let's make sure our lamp has plenty of oil in it. One way to, to be constantly f- topped off with the oil is to be busy. Mm-hmm. You, if you're busy, you need that light. So you're constantly topping off your oil. Yeah. If you're busy about your, your father's business, you're going to have everything you need to do that job. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, we talk a lot about evangelism, but let's give people some idea of how to do it because I know it's very scary and it seems very complicated, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's very, very easy. Um, you don't have to say anything. Just ask a question. Don't make any statements. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask your friend. Hey, what do you think? Do you know how to go to heaven? What do you think happens when people die? Mm -hmm. Simple questions like that start a whole conversation. Yeah, one book, you you have some books that you could probably recommend too, but um, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven by Mark Cahill. Love that book. Great book. Uh, So encouraging. And the title, One Thing You Can't Do in Heaven is share with a sinner. Is share the gospel with a lost person, yeah. For all eternity, right? We won't have a single lost person to go tell the good news of the gospel to. 
because everyone will know it. And God does funny things. I'm a complete introvert, mm-hmm. but he, he chose me and he made me go out there into the field. And now I really, really enjoy it. I like talking to people, finding out their stories and, and just interacting with people. And I was shooting photos of people today as street photography, as a hobby. And as you look at these photos of people's faces, you start to understand mm. God, how God loves these people. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a, a, a story, a personality, yeah. personal struggles, and they all have needs. Mm-hmm. And the greatest need they all have is they need Jesus to forgive them of their sins. Mm-hmm. So go out there, tell people, tell people with a question, hey, can you tell me how to go to heaven? Mm-hmm. And listen to their answer. If their answer is be a good person, you know they don't have the right answer because there is no one who's good. Right. Or if they have a huge question mark over their head when they say pray, they don't have the answer. Yeah. The answer is I'm a sinner, but Jesus died for me on the cross. And by repenting of my sin and putting my faith in Jesus, I'm saved. Amen. Okay, it's that simple. It's not complicated. Yeah, it's not complicated. It's, it's very simple. The hardest part is just opening your mouth and starting the conversation, right? Or you get more chicken. Leave gospel tracks for people to find, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. leave gospel tracks and get good gospel tracks and, and leave them places where, where people might find them. The, I think the biggest encouragement is that whatever you do, if you do it from a place of faith, right, saying, God, I'm doing this because I want to be faithful to you, right? And I care about people around me. I don't want, I don't want to see people die in their sins. I want to see people saved. And I, this is hard. This is scary, right? I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm not qualified to do this. But I'm, I just want to trust you. I'm telling you, that's the type of faith that moves mountains, right? Amen. The mustard seed faith. And when you step out in faith and you leave a track somewhere or you open your mouth to have a conversation with someone, God is going to receive the glory for whatever he does with that, right? And that's the beautiful thing about it. I think when we get to heaven, those even those awkward moments where we just, we felt maybe foolish, but we did it anyways because we knew God called us to and we loved him and we loved the people we were, you know, trying to reach. God's going to be, I believe, you know, greatly glorified to glorify himself through that meager, feeble little effort of ours. You know, don't hate people with your silence. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, um, if you saw if you saw someone in danger, you know, you would you would have to go help them. You would be compelled to go help them to do something to 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 reach out to them um, to to help them in some way. So do that with the gospel. I will come to you. I will show you how to do it. I will do it in front of you, and you can just learn by watching and listening. Give oh, your, yeah. your email address Absolutely. again. Jason at apologetics.com, and yours? Dwelt among us at yahoo.com. All right. And you're on YouTube at Tony U? Yes. Awesome. I'm not on YouTube. 
but uh, Tony's got tons of videos on there where you can learn, um, you know, just from watching how to how to easily simply share the gospel. He does these cool tricks and stuff that, you know, maybe take a little bit of uh, practice, but all of three minutes. All of three minutes. So, anyways, we appreciate you guys tuning in uh, this morning, Saturday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a very merry Christmas. I won't see you until 2023 or, or talk to you. But uh, God bless you. Um, share the faith. Uh, advance the kingdom. And keep building because um, we don't know when God's coming back. God bless you.